Jumpe So there are countless individuals who say that they don't need to go to church to be a Christian. They say that I feel closer to God when I'm up in the tree hunting or when I'm at home playing my guitar or when I'm at the the mall shopping. I feel closer to God in different areas of my life rather than here at church. So the reasoning and excuse for not going to church many times is that they can worship God anywhere and anytime. Yeah. But they say they don't need to be at a church building to do so, to worship God. But in their line of thinking, Jesus was God, and yet He was at the temple every Sabbath day. So if Jesus was always at the temple every Sabbath day, then why shouldn't we be at church every Sunday? So people make every excuse to be disobedient to God. 
So how are they disobedient, you say? Hebrews 10 teaches us that, that the purpose of us gathering together is to encourage one another, to bless one another, and others to bless us, and to encourage us to, to continue to serve, to spur one another on. So someone tells you they don't need to go to church to be a Christian, you can tell them to read Hebrews 10. You can tell them to read the, the whole entire New Testament, all of Paul's letters, and that the reason why you go to church is because you are a Christian. People say that they don't have to go to church to be a Christian, but we go to church because we are Christians. We are saved by the blood of Jesus, Jesus Christ. <laughs> So the Christian church has become less of a church of God and more of the church of man with some elements of God. We've taken our culture and practices and mixed them into our Christian faith. And this is the disease of the church today. Let us read First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 together. I'm going to read it in bone for us. Chantonenku the holy people of God have been given a holy identity, a holy calling, and have received holy blessings. Pedro 
Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, we become less of the church of God and more of a cultural church. We've given in to what the culture says that we ought to focus on, ought to allow rather than being the biblical, holy church of God. My desire and my goal, what God has given to me for the church as a pastor is biblical reformation. Biblical reformation in the church, biblical reformation in our understanding of God and the Christian life. And so when this is so let me read the English version for us. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. For you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The first statement, the first identity that Peter gives us is that you are a chosen race. So he's writing this to the Christians in the many areas the many churches in, in, in all these areas, Pontus, uh, Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. So they are the Gentile churches. 
They are mixed with Jews. And they have been called to be a chosen race. What does it mean to be a chosen race? Let's talk about the word race. If we translate it from the original language, the word race can mean a nation, it can mean a family, offspring, or seed. King James Version uses the word generation. You are a chosen generation. It can also be translated as nationality, and, and the NIV translates it as people. We are a chosen people. But how are we chosen? We are chosen, according to Peter, if we look at verse 1 and 2, gives us how, gives us the reason why we are chosen. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who may, who reside as aliens scattered throughout the, throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with His blood. May grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. So we have been chosen by the foreknowledge of God. And so we have been chosen even before the, the creation of all things, before the beginning of time, to know God, to trust in Him, to be saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. So by His foreknowledge, His foreknowledge means that that he knew beforehand that he has he has divine knowledge of all things whether in the past in the present and the future not only have we been chosen by the foreknowledge of god but we have been confirmed by the sanctifying work of the spirit So not only does God call us, not only has God chosen us, but He has confirmed that through His Spirit. And you know that you are a Christian if you are are continually being changed from the inside out. But if, if you are still wondering whether you're a Christian or not, you can figure it out by looking at your life. Are you a new creation? Are you the same person you were yesterday? Are you the same person you were last year, five years ago, ten years ago?
So God's foreknowledge has called us and the Holy Spirit has sanctified us and regenerated us and we have faith. And that faith causes us to to do the work that Christ has commanded us to do. And so if you're not working, if you're not doing the work of a Christian, consider whether you are truly in the faith. Here's an example. We look at Abraham's life. We see this process of, of God choosing a people for himself. Who was Abraham? Abraham was a Chaldean or a Babylonian coming from a semi-nomadic tribe. And so as a Chaldean or also known as a Babylonian, they worshiped idols. Abraham so Abraham was not a Jew. The Jewish faith and the Jewish religion and the Jewish people began with Abraham. Not as a believer. And so we, we see this even in our own lives. So God chose Abraham not because he was a good person, not because he loved God. He was the opposite of that. He did the opposite of that. But why was Abraham chosen? Abraham. 
那是一万只三年你要一个给背了背了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了了
So when you think about priests, you think about the Old Testament, what does the priest do? They are in charge of the worship and sacrifices to God. Peter, Peter tells us in, in chapter 1, verse 14 and 16 that, that we have been called to be a holy people as God is holy. We're to be holy as God is holy. And verse 5 in chapter 2, we are to do what? Offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That is what it means for us to be a holy, a royal priesthood and a holy nation. We have all been called to live holy lives. And many times we think that that's the pastor's job. I can do whatever I want because I don't have a standard like pastor does. But Peter tells us that that's not the case. We've all been called to be holy. In the Old Testament, the Levites were a people within the nation of the Jews who were a royal priesthood. And so when, when Peter talks about this royal priesthood, he is thinking about the Levites. Of the 12 nations of Israel, the Levites were chosen to be the priests for the temple worship and sacrifices. They were called specifically to perform temple worship and sacrifices for God, and they were the only tribe who received no land in the land of Canaan. They we see that in Numbers chapter 35, chapter 34, we see that, that Moses dispersed land to, to all the 11 tribes, but chapter 35, the Levites would receive no land. So we are like the Levites who didn't own land like the rest of the 11 tribes. So the Levites didn't own land, but they were able to live among the tribes. They, they were able to, to do, to do life among the tribes, but not owning any land. And we, we are just like the Levites, the Levites. We live among the people. We don't have a land of our own because we, 
We have been given a land, a greater land that is eternal, that is waiting for us. So, so our holy identity is that God has chosen us. He has called us to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And Peter says that we are also a God's possession. Verse 4 is what Peter is, is alluding to. To be a, to be God's possession says that, that in coming to Him, in verse 4, as to a living stone which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. What does it mean to be choice? A choice people. For you men who, who love eating steak, what type of steak do you choose? To have a good steak that is, is nice and juicy and flavorful, you need a steak that is marbled. Not just with, with a good chunk of meat, but fat mixed in. So just like the choice steak and the choice sea, we have become a choice people in the sight of God. A choice people who are rejected by men and Christ, and Christ was and is, just as Christ was and is rejected by men as well. Because Christ died for us. What makes us choice is and precious or, or what what makes us who we are? He called us and He saved us. He adopted us. He redeemed us and He sanctified us for Himself. That, 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 that is why we are His possession. Toya 
So, this holy identity calls us and names us to be God's holy people. And that is what it means to be holy people. I want you to say, and then we have this holy calling. This holy calling that God has given us. Not, not only do we have this holy identity, but we have a holy calling. Verse 9, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who has called you out of the darkness into His marvelous light. What does it mean to proclaim His excellencies? Where are we to proclaim? We're to proclaim the gospel. So from priest to a prophet, our calling is to be a priest, to be a holy people, to worship God and to sacrifice for God. Not only are we called to be priests, but we are also called to be prophets. We are to we are called to to go out into the world and share the good news. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, where we are his workmanship, creating Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So God has called us to worship Him and to share His message. What does that mean? What does that really mean to, to proclaim His excellencies? God has already called us way back in Genesis. He has already explained this to us way back in Genesis on how that should look like. If we go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 28, we see that we've been created in the image of God. And not only have we been created in the image of God, we have been called to be fruitful and multiply. So what does that mean? For us to proclaim the excellencies of God, we are to be image bearers of Him. So to be a prophet means not only means that we not not only do we take his word, proclaim his excellencies, but we are to take his image 
as well. And to prove this point, I want to read from Romans chapter 8, verse 29, and Romans chapter 12, 2. Romans 8, 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that we will be first born among many brethren. And Romans chapter 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Because what God has called what God has called Adam and Eve to do in Genesis chapter one, verse twenty-seven, twenty-eight, is the same command that He that Christ gives us in Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen and twenty. So to be image bearers of God is to is the holy calling that He has given to us, and we can't do it alone but only through the power of the Holy Spirit in our, in our lives. And so to be called as a prophet is this holy calling, and our greatest act of worship to God is not singing. Jihato so it's important that we understand that worship isn't just about singing, but everything that we do in this church, in this service, is an act of worship to God. Especially giving our tithes and offerings, especially listening to the announcements, especially listening to the Word of God. It's not just about singing, but it's more than that. But according to the Word of God, our worship is being obedient to his word and preaching his word in the gospel. And that was what God commanded Adam and Eve to do in Genesis 1. And Christ commanded us to do that same thing in Matthew 28 in his great commission. We've been given a holy calling. We have been 
a holy identity, a holy calling, and a holy blessing. And what is that blessing? Peter says in verse 10, For you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. It's a privilege to be called God's people. It's a privilege and honor to be called the people of God because we do not deserve it at all. We have been called the people of God because God has adopted us into His family. He has grafted us in so that we can grow as part of the, of the root of, of Jesus Christ. So we have been given an inheritance. We have been given a possession of all the things that God has and owns. A people who have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. And what is that darkness? Out of what darkness has God called us out of? Two things that I want to point out. And there are many darknesses that we can, we can talk about. But two things that are, are the, the most Scary and the most concerning. We have we are dead to our sin. What does a dead person do? Nothing. They can't make a decision. They can't make an informed decision. They can't move. They can't talk. They can't breathe. And so that is how God looks at us in our sin. So that is one thing that that is the darkness in us. And the second thing is that we are no longer his enemies. Romans chapter 8. If God is for us, who can be against us? So, no longer are we called His enemies because we have disobeyed the Word of God. But then we see this progression that God begins to call us His friend. God begins to call us His people. God calls us His his very own children. And that is the blessing that we have been given as, as the people of God, to be called the people of God. We're also a people given mercy. In the context of what Peter is saying here, that we have been given mercy, goes back to chapter 1, verse 3 and 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has called us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away reserved in heaven for you who are protected 
by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So these blessings are undeserved. This is a result of God's unconditional love, which is free. So when God rescued the Israelites out of Egypt, the work had only begun. Why do I say that? You see, God took them out of Egypt, but the Egypt was still in them when God took the Israelites out of Egypt. So God doesn't want us to be Hmong Christians, but He is calling us to be Christians who are Hmong. So what God is calling us to do is that our identity has been given to us mainly, primarily as Christians. And our Hmong identity is, should be secondary. But many of us has, have brought in our, our Hmong culture with the, with the Christian belief and has made God very, very angry. So what it means that our what that means is that our identity has been given to us by God, our work has already been issued to us by God, and our reward is waiting for us who are his good and faithful servants. Not that we do according to what we know, but we do according to what the Word of God teaches us. In our Christian life, in how we do church worship, worship services, and how we do our ministries. Church is to be, done, to be done God's way. If not, it is no longer a holy church. It is, it is no longer God's. 
And so if we are to be the holy church of God, we are to be a church that lives out Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 through 20. The Great Commission. Just that we are to be in Acts 2, chapter 2, verse 42, church. We are to, to fellowship, break bread every day with one another, support one another. We are also to be in Ephesians 4, church, to have unity through the, through the fulfilling of our roles. Meaning that, according to Ephesians 4, we are all ministers, not just the pastor, not just your pastor is the minister, but we have been all called to be ministers. We are also be a Titus 2 church. This is how discipleship looks like. So this is how, in Titus chapter 2, this is how our alliance men and alliance women should look like. That men are, are encouraging young, younger men to love their wives, to be faithful to God, to know the word of God. And women are, are to encourage the younger wives to love their, their, their respect their husbands and to encourage them and to keep a, a good house and to raise their children godly. And we are also to be a Deuteronomy chapter 6 church. This is what youth ministry looks like. And so what youth ministry looks like in Deuteronomy chapter 6 is that each child has two youth ministers in their lives, not just youth, one youth pastor. But those youth ministers are their parents. We need to, uh, to reform the way we do church according to the Word of God, not according to these new church growth programs and methodologies and strategies. But we do according to what God has ordained, what God has called us to, and He will grow our church. So Christianity is not just about Sunday, in which many Christians tend to make that the focus, but as Romans chapter 1 teaches us, we are to be a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God. It means that every day we are to be holy to God. So 
We give to God what He desires and what He has commanded us to give Him in worship. And there are many things. Uh, there are a few individuals in the Bible where they gave to God what God had not commanded them and He killed them. And so what we give to God, what you put to so give to God what is holy. Give to God what He desires. And you will receive His holy blessings. จุติวันจุกิตลหูยานุนอเมจิตอลุนเจวันจุยานุนอเมลุนเนงจิเอ่อเมจิออลหูวันจุชาลเลวันจุตุลูตอชันฟุจุกอนกูพอเมลุนเ
Lord, help us to be your good and faithful servants, to be holy, a holy people for a holy God, to bring glory to your name, to be image bearers, spreading the image of God and the word of God to all the nations. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 다음 주에 볼까? 뭐좀 해서 인사드려.